from the Denver Convention Center in the Mile High City. It's tips today in public safety. Brought to you by Nina, the 911 Association, and APN, the Avaya Podcast Network. Now here's your host, ENP Mark Fletcher. Hey, it's Fletcher with the Avaya Podcast Network. Welcome to Tips today in public safety. We're here live at the Nina 2015 conference in Denver, Colorado, at the Denver Convention Center, sitting down with uh, Jim Marshall from the Wellness Foundation. Welcome, Jim. Thanks a lot, please. Also, Bob Currier's here, who is the incoming North Central Regional Director for Nina once again. Hey, Fletch. Glad to be here. Good to see you again. Welcome back. So tell me about the foundation, Jim. What does what the 911 Wellness Foundation do? I know it does a lot of good, but well, what, what and why? Well, so so I came into this industry uh, at, at teaching and training 911, and there was a point at which uh, other people, uh, as well as myself, recognized that we have phenomenal organizations in the 911 industry. Uh, we have the National Emergency Number Association, which I want to come back to and just talk about the relationship with Nina in a minute. But we have Nina, we have APCO, we have international academies, we've got PowerPhone, we've got all of our phenomenal vendors, uh, the commercial partners, as Nina says. Uh, but we did not have one organization where the sole purpose for existence and, and the mission of is to ask the question, what must we do together collectively as stakeholders to assure the well-being of telecommunicators as we move forward into next generation 911? Not just because of what NG911 uh, you know, will call our telecommunicators to do, but how do we care for and take care of these people who do everything phenomenally for everyone else? Uh, and so we're bringing uh, expertise from all these different stakeholders together. So in essence, we're a clearinghouse, we're an organization that serves the rest of the industry so that the industry can, can support our telecommunicators. And there's people like that man over there who other folks can't see who has been a real part of helping uh, support what we're doing as a foundation. Well, that's, Thanks, Jim. That's interesting. So, so what have you been doing, Bob? Well... I first met Jim, and I, I really think this is an important part <laughs> of the foundation's story. In another role, I'm the chairman of the Michigan 911 conference that the Michigan chapter puts on, and have been involved with that event for several years. And one of the first years that Jim showed up at our conference, <laughs> um, there were several requests, and we met each and every one of the requests. And I had the opportunity to sit down with Jim and have some conversation, have a, a beverage or two. And Jim really has engaged in our industry. He brought training to Michigan. He brought training to many other places from his professional background. But he has taken the time to learn about the culture of 911, public safety communications. And he has this real desire to give back to our industry. And I really think that was the genesis for the foundation. So that's good. I mean, Thank I think you, it's man. important to, to a lot of these things are spurred just internally, right? Out, of, out yeah. of need. Yeah, they are. And in fact, for me, you know, my sister was a telecommunicator and uh, folks, some of the folks know the story, but she was a telecommunicator in Michigan and I, I would say phenomenal. I'm a little subjective here, <laughs> but she was and she brought me into the industry. And, and when I when I saw and I'd learned from telecommunicators what they went through, I realized these people are doing work that, that, that has them activating cortisol pretty much all the time, at least the half-life of cortisol from the calls they took a few hours back. And so the, the idea was, as I began talking with frontliners and talking to people like Bob and leaders in the industry, the concern was really everywhere. Everyone shared the concern. We just weren't sure what to do about it. Does that make sense, Bob? No, it does. And I think that's really the, how the foundation got built 
in the classes that you were presenting and delivering at our conference and other conferences, you pulled in and brought people into the fold, asked what their thoughts were, and really became engaged in a lot of the stress issues that impact our industry. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and you know, there, there is so much good that can be done. All, really, what all is required, and this is what the foundation represents, is bringing people together, not just once. You know, papers at conferences are good. Uh, presentations, articles and journals, that's all essential. Those are parts of advancing, but that's not a systematic, strategic, long-term piece of work, initiative, that brings all the right people together on a regular basis to move forward with, for example, what research do we need to, un- to help really understand the challenges telecommunicators face, not to just talk about problems, but so we can create solutions in our comm centers that assure peak performance and the well-being of people. What education do all stakeholders need? It's different for each of them in terms of these risks and the solutions. And then what policies do we need to create? The National LENA Standard on Acute Traumatic Chronic Stress is the first policy that, that, that was part of the work, not of the foundation, but many stakeholders. We were just involved in that. Uh, and then intervention. What intervention are we going to provide for our people? Do we know which treatments for PTSD are evidence-based and effective? Do, do our telecommunicators know? Do our directors know? So all of this requires that we have an organization that will gather together these resources and do this work. And so that's what the foundation is, is about. How do you stay up with the industry as it changes? Because the requirements have to change. Mm. Well, interesting. So that, that what we know is in the legacy 911 comm center, we have stressors that we, which we articulated in class today. There are multiple unique stressors, which I won't get into now, but there's, first of all, there's no warning. Our field responders get warning when they go to call because guess what? Our telecommunicators tell them what they're traveling to. Our communicators get it hot into the headset right now. And they're under the spot where all the glory comes out. Okay, now that's, that's the way it is right now. They can't see the caller and that's a disadvantage in some ways. Now with Next Generation 911, we'll have more resources available to the telecommunicator to help, I think, save more lives. And yet this represents challenges as well because it changes stress. And we don't want our telecommunicators frightened by NG911 and then becoming resistant to something that can be good for the, the public. On the other hand, we have to think very carefully, Fletch, about how we're going to help our telecommunicators manage that new type of stress, the multimedia. Texting is coming along. It's coming along much better than, you know, people were frightened about it. And yet there are special issues like the NENA conference is recognizing with a a session on, you know, texting to suicidal callers, from suicidal callers. Likewise, with the rest of the the work that has to be done with real-time video, we need to look at these things. So, and I just want to say real quickly before we bail here, um, I want to thank Brian Fonts and and, and, uh, Ty Wooten for helping bring about the strategic partnership and the memorandum of understanding that we have with Nina. Nina has really championed the causes of stress and well-being for telecommunicators, not just by supporting what the foundation is doing, but by the way they assure a track on wellness in our sessions, at the conferences, and and it's very inspiring and encouraging to me as well. How do you make that measurable? Make which measurable? Well, your success. You know what? That... I'm going to, now you might think I'm going to go back to research because yes, we need research to measure, but you know, it's by the stories of those people. When they came to us at the, at the, at the booth in the exhibit hall here, people come and they talk. The fact that there's a foundation brings people 
who who are they have the Kevlar on. We have leaders who come in, and, and within a few minutes, they realize, okay, these people get it. They start to tell their story, Fletch, about what hell they've been through, and they're looking for support for their people, peer support, every other kind of. So I, I measure the success by the fact that we have telecommunicators out there and leaders around the country who are doing best practice work. And there's more and more work going on in this country to do best practice um, stress resilience uh, and, and prevention of, of stress-related problems in the PSAT. So it's the stories that are coming back to us. We measure by the stakeholders that are coming on board and saying, how can we help? And ultimately, we'll need to measure success by the fact that our organization is fully on board uh, and, and able to work uh, 365 each year to, to address these problems. Right now, we're on a volunteer basis. How do you, how do you, Bob? How do you see this being managed in a in a more virtual type environment where you've got different interact different interaction with different people from different centers all of a sudden? Doesn't that change the dynamic? It absolutely is going to change the dynamic. People are going to be working with folks that, I mean, call takers today never have an opportunity to see the, the callers and and sometimes the first responders that they're working with. They may have that opportunity here and there. But now they're going to bring in other stakeholders, other centers, other disciplines. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think my unscientific background, uh, that that's going to add a different level of stressors to their job. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we can sort through a lot of the different multimedia things and Mm -hmm. those kinds of things that they're going to be dealing with. I think it's, it's going to shift. You're, well, you're the, the expert on that end of it, Jim. But Well, you know, I'm, the one thing Noah's constant in that is change, right? And sure. it, it's simply saying, look, think about if, if we, you guys, if we were to tally up the number of hours of, of phenomenal people that, that have been required to bring NG911 to where it is right now, right? I had a great talk with Lori Flaherty about this the other day. We need to look at the number of hours that are required to bring these same minds together to look at how to prepare psychologically as we go forward, not just with NG911, but with successful, healthy PSAPs. And so it's a matter of asking the right questions and having the right people together to answer those questions. What will we do? So that's, you know, that's what we're about. And, and you know, the state NINA chapters, Bob's involvement there, the involvement of national NINA, uh, we're, we're getting it done together. And I'm just looking forward to doing more. I want to go back to your question, Fletch, about how do you measure? You know, and, and Jim responded with the research and those types of things. Um, Jim has been involved in our conference in Michigan and now other state-level conferences for a number of years. And my measure of the success or the engagement of our profession with an organization like the Wellness Foundation is the increasing number of people who may be meeting Jim or other members of his team for the first time. They find out that they they understand that they they get our profession and industry Mm. and they sit down and take time with Mm. Jim or his colleagues in the foundation. And as Jim mentioned, that story comes out. I'm seeing that happen more Mm. and more. Mm. At our conference in Michigan, Jim, there is very little time that you are around without someone there with you engaged either learning from you or sharing their experiences with you or reading him his rights 
Well, that that could be the case as well. <laughs> That's happened, I imagine. Yeah. Thank you, Bob. Thank you very much. You know, what speaks to a point is if we're going to do well. I mean, Flesh, you know this. You know, with Carrie's law, if you're going to do well, you're going to have to take some heat. And if we're willing to take some heat, we can get this done. Yeah. No. Absolutely. But I've, what I found really is that within this industry. I can't think of any organization or any leader at the highest level who hasn't been positive about, yes, this is work we need to do. So, I mean, the, the, the problem really isn't resistance. It's critical mass. It's, it's being able to have the support that we need. And in a, we're also pursuing financial support, and that's an issue. We have to be able to gain that. So that's it. That's can, can you continue to grow? Well, we can continue to grow. We, resources are important to do that. We can only do so much on a volunteer basis. And really, telecommunicators deserve that, this, that the organization dedicated to their well-being is not solely dependent on volunteer time. So, you know, we, we, we need to do more. I'm being quite Well, that's what I'm saying. Are, I mean, are you going to get to a point where you're going to plateau and then you've, you've got this big push to get to the next... Uh, I hope we never plateau. So far, that hasn't happened. It's been very organic, and it's just continued to grow through relationships. That's the way it happens. And so I don't see a plateau. I think we do need to, to encourage people, though, to, to come on board with us and offer what they can offer in terms of their, in, their intellectual capital, in terms of their support. We, we need to invite corporate citizens to join us. We need to engage experts in the health sciences. It's happening. We just have to keep doing the right thing. Talking with Jim Marshall from the Wellness Foundation and Bob Currier. Welcome back into the Anina Executive Board as the North Central Regional Director. <laughs> Thanks, Fletch. I'm excited to get back and to be able to support the members in the region. You, as you well know, Nina is a member-driven organization, and it's about them, and I'm very glad to be back there for them. No, it was... Uh, I'm glad you're back there for them, too. <laughs> Thank you. You've always done a good job. It's great to see you back. Thanks very much, guys. The preceding podcast has been brought to you by the Avaya Podcast Network. Executive producer, Jean Torjon, a.k.a. JT. Our program and creative director is Fletch. And the APN legal correspondent is attorney Martha Beyer. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Avaya underscore APN. And visit avaya.com slash APN on the web where you can download all of our content. For the Avaya Podcast Network, this is Spider Harrison, the official voice dude of APN. The preceding content is copyrighted by the Avaya Podcast Network. Broadcast or retransmission is permitted with attribution. Your actual mileage may vary. Batteries are not included. I'm a professional announcer on a closed course. Do not try this at home.